The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madair, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to truth. The power of positive psychology, how to boldly go where you are meant to go. This is my interview with Professor Charmaine Jenkins. Today, Professor Jenkins has graced us with her presence. She's a certified positive psychology practitioner and a life coach. She's also a professor at the City University of New York, where she pioneered a personal growth course, which has changed numerous lives. It's been transformative for many people. She has appeared on Arise Entertainment, ABC News, and the Tom Joyner Show, among others. And she hosts her own blog, Grown and Alone. We'll speak today about how we may all create thriving lives if we don't already have one. Welcome, Charmaine. Thank you for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So let's get at it. (laughs) What is a life coach and do we all need one? Um, A life coach. So basically what a life coach is is somebody who provides a structure of support for people. Um, We look at people as being naturally creative, resourceful, and whole not having to be fixed, nothing broken about them. (laughs) They just need somebody to help them co-create a viable strategy to move towards what they would see as an optimal existence. And so, you know, uh, I would say one of our coach's biggest goals is to help people break through the roadblocks that are keeping them from accomplishing what they are looking to accomplish, hopefully with less struggle and less effort. I like that. So in that vein, you um, you are a certified positive psychology practitioner. So how can using positive psychology, and, and is positive psychology just telling yourself that everything's going to be great? So if that's not what it is, what is it, and how can it help us to thrive? Yeah, absolutely not. So a lot of coaching is really built off of humanistic psychology as it is. Um, and what positive psychology is... It's an offshoot that um, is about only about 20 years old. And what it does is typical traditional psychology really tries to get people from being something like it, it focuses on having you not be something, not be depressed, not be manic, not be positive. Psychology is all about helping you become something. Ah. So essentially, it's like what we say being north of neutral. I love that. Right? Psychology just wants you to 
get to a place where you're not something. And just because you're not depressed doesn't mean that you're happy, right? <laughs> right. And so what positive psych looks to do is really to cultivate the ability to create a positive or higher level of functioning as a result of um, what's occurred with you. It's, it's really about um, helping you strive to become, to have a flourishing life, to build more meaning into your life, to focus on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. So thank you so much for clarifying that because positive psychology isn't just about repeating affirmations every morning Absolutely. when you wake up. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not about having an illusion um, of positivity thank either. You. Thank you. It's not you. like, you know, um, I think I am. I think I am. Right. Oh, I'm fine. No, it's about really like creating a tangible life for yourself mm. where um, you have the functioning that creates something better for yourself. I love that. So some people, I would say, can get there and some people need some help. Is it true or is it a myth that we can all have or live the life of our dreams? Is it is it attainable? Do we all have access to it? I think that it is attainable if you have reasonable goals for yourself, right? And also if you have the discipline and put in consistent effort, right? If you have the ability to respond to opportunities that present themselves, yes. Um, then yes. If you're willing to suffer the pain of discipline, the belief I have is that there's two pains in life. There's the pain of discipline and there's the pain of regret. Yes. Right? So if you're willing to endure the pain of discipline, yes. If you're willing to change the way you think, if you're willing to uh, exhibit some tenacity and some grit, Yes. yes. And of course, you know, listen, there are a few things I want that I swear <laughs> will make me happy. But are they reasonable goals? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's human, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, do, do I want to lose 35 pounds by July 3rd? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> if I'm contingent, if my happiness is contingent on that, it's going to be a problem. Understood. Right. Yeah. So, or, you know, I'm I'm just going to not eat for yep. the next three weeks. You know, mm -hmm. I, it yeah. would be unreasonable. Got it. So you, you, you have to be mindful of the goals you're setting and your goals can change, right? So I'm not saying lowball yourself of and go for a mediocre life. Right. What I'm saying is, you know, you want to make measurable progress in reasonable time yes. and set goals that will... Um, you know, allow you to build and be fulfilled and not leave, be depressed all the time. Got it. So the Buddhists say that pain is a part of life, but suffering is a choice. You would agree with that based Absolutely. on what you just said. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I like that. So regardless of circumstances, are there personal attributes that ensure living an extraordinary life? You mentioned discipline. You mentioned openness to the pain, pain of discipline. Um, you mentioned the ability to recognize opportunities and act on them. So are there any other personal attributes that you say would not necessarily guarantee, but that would help people to get on that path of living their most extraordinary life? Um, so for me, mindsets is a big part of what creates, you know, a happy and productive life. And so I always start with people's mindsets, their values, right? trying to see if what they want for themselves aligns with their values or if what they're doing is aligned with their values. Because yes. a lot of people's 
lives are not aligned with who they say they are yes. or what they say they want. Yes. And so we start there. I think um, it's very important to understand what the story is that you tell yourself about yourself. Yes. I talk narratives all the time. Yeah. If you have a story about yourself that's disempowering, it's going to be really, really hard for you to create a life you want and that you're proud of and that makes you happy. And I would say even if you have created a life that should be enjoyable for you, if you come from a disempowering place, you'll never, ever, ever be happy right right so that's a big part of where I start no matter what I don't care if I'm working with in a corporate setting if I'm working with teachers individuals even I go to Rikers twice a week and do wow. coaching with prisoners it's always a conversation around mindsets initially interesting and you I would say having read um, your biography on your fantastic website I love that in all your pictures you're smiling you're exuberant oh, it's fantastic that's coming down in about a day and a half <laughs> oh, okay. to get re okay. redone but okay, I'll no still worries. be smiling I'm sure pictures. you will be um so you mentioned narrative and, and the stories that we tell ourselves. You, from what I read, have an extraordinary story. And yet you did not allow that to hold you back or hold you down. So how did you triumph over your circumstances? Well, have I? I'm not certain. What I have done is move forward. What I'm clear on is there are still some areas in my life that... I haven't overcome like uh, relationships, okay. intimate ones. <laughs> I think that's um, a work in progress for everyone. <laughs> but but um, yeah, um, so I was born into an abusive household. Um, my mom had polio wow. from when she was younger, which caused various afflictions, um, legs shorter than the other, just a lot of things. And I think it led her on a road to a lot of illnesses. Mm -hmm. She ultimately died of cancer at 47. I'm sorry. Um, and my father, who um, was really, really abusive. So, you know, I, I was exposed to a lot. I watched my father kick my mom's teeth out her mouth, push her through glass doors, wow. punch her in the eye with her eyeglasses on. My mother wow. was legally blind. Wow. Um, he kidnapped me twice. Um, I always talk about the most memorable, if you will, was uh, one Christmas Eve. He went to my cousins and got me, and nobody was aware of what was going on in my household. So yes. it wasn't anything for them to allow me to leave with my father. Right. And so he did that because he knew they would tell my mom, and she would come looking for me, and it would force her to spend Christmas together mm -hmm. so we could be a family. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the next day, my grandparents realized something was, uh, you know, awry because we were living with them at the time. Yes. And so they came looking for us because he had ripped the phone out the wall wow. and done all of this, made us go to St. Patrick's Cathedral for midnight mass. And, you know, we're going to be family on Christmas. Right. So, you know, I went through a lot of that up until I was around 13. And um, ultimately, my parents, they both died two months apart. Um, my mom, cancer, my father died as a result of being homeless. He was sleeping on a bench in Thompson Square Park and somebody set him on fire. And so um, a lot of what I had to deal with and overcome, if you will, was the narrative, was the story I told myself about myself being a product of this upbringing. Right, Who was I? 
that I come from this, that this is this is my this is my background. This is, you know, what pathologies do I have? What's what's to occur? What am I worth? What's my value? What do I deserve? You know, what do I align with? Right. You know, do I have any value? What do you believe in? What do I believe in? What do I believe about myself? How much of their brokenness is my brokenness? You know, what what am I what's available to me? My father didn't graduate high school. My mom had an associate's degree, right? Um, there were just certain things that you can believe about yourself if you choose about what's available to you based on what you come from. Right. And I think that I had made while I had a passion because we talk about me being a professional, but what I did most of my adult life was I was a hairstylist. Oh, okay. And I still do it now just in TV and movie and yes. stuff. I still, you know, that's my passion. Yes. But um, I think I was relegating myself to a very low level even in that industry um, because what do people like me get to have in this life? And so thank God... Um, that I did make a decision to go to college. Um, and and not for any real reason other than I missed going to school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I never intended on getting a degree right. or anything. I was just going to go take some classes. Right. Because doing hair was wonderful, but mentally stimulating, it not wasn't. Not so much. Right. 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 And so, um, you know, I got in school. I, I began exposed to different things. I believe you cannot aspire to more than you've been exposed to. I was exposed to some new things, new concepts, new ideas, new pieces of myself around my intellect and passion. And it just opened up new doors for me. And um, and so as I became exposed to more and became exposed to people who had come through certain things, I think it opened my mind to the possibility that more was available. Right. And um, it's one of the main reasons that I decided to teach because where I taught was where I graduated from undergrad, um, you know, invited to come and and only did it because my mentor, who was the head of the psychology department where I taught, had told me when I received my MBA, other black kids need to see you. They need, you know. No, this is not a visual forum, but I fancy myself still a little funky. Yes, but, you are. You know, fabulous. about 25 years ago. <laughs> Back in <laughs> it the was, day. Yes, it was a whole nother story. Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. And now it seems like he, they need to see that too, all yes. the earrings and this and that. Yes, yes, because yes. a lot of people think that to go to school and certain things in, you know, certain communities, you got to be a cornball. Right. And so they needed to see that you can, you know, attain certain things yes. and do certain things and still be cool and cute. Still and, you be know, hip and funky. Right. Still not be lose you. your flavor. Yes, right. And, and so he had he had instilled that in me. Like they need to see you like they some of them will never see a black MBA ever in their life. Right. Which was the only reason that I even when it was offered to me, went and started teaching because I knew that I was going to be an example of the possibilities. I love that. Yeah. Be an example of the possibilities. Yeah, that's my that's my purpose in life. That's yep. that's my purpose. Um, just to show possibility, to be an example of possibilities. And so, um, yeah, I went in there like I've gone into many things with a um I can't think of what it is. Um, 
imposter syndrome. Ah. Worried. I was worried. They'd look at me like Whoopi Goldberg and Sister X. <laughs> you know, you're not a professor. Right. You're right. just a hairstyle. I think a lot of women suffer yeah. from imposter syndrome. I, I People, totally period. Yeah. You know, um, do I, am I worthy of this? I don't have the background, this, do that, I and the other it? thing. Do I deserve it? Are they crazy? Yeah. Like, do they <laughs> Are they going to find me out? Is there something right. they're going to find that, out? That they realize right. I don't have this background and yeah. this is not what I do. And I think, you know, that helped me with the kids too, ultimately, when I was willing. It took me years to even share with some of them other things I did because I still did hair. Wow. Right. Yeah. I had a salon and, you know, I taught and right. I went to school. Like, hair supported me through all of right. it. And, um, you know, are they going to find that out? One of them going to walk in my salon one day and find it. You know, so it was a lot of things that I had to work through. But I got to do it in a transparent type of way with them. And an authentic way, it sounds like. Yeah, so that they got to see the possibility. And I get to tell them my story. Yes. You know, um, my story began to define me quite differently Mm -hmm. at that point. And so I got to use it. And, um, And I would tell my students, I'm telling you this so you understand that. I know what you're going through, number one. And number two, I'm not real keen on excuses, right? Because my parents died my last semester, my senior year undergrad. My mom died two days before the semester started, and then my father died. So, you know, I tell them while I'm sympathetic, um, I will not allow you to let these excuses become the barrier. So I think in terms of coaching, a lot of what I was doing up until then really was setting me up. Yeah. Um, to be a coach because yeah. coaching is not about your aggressive self. It's about your emergent self. Right. I love that. Right. So you're looking to, if nothing ever changes, if you stay just the same as you are with all the parts of you that don't work, what can we create? I love that. So it sounds as if based on your story that you would say to people, you do not have to inherit your past and whatever Whatever your past was, you can leverage that past to become greater, better, stronger, bionic, whatever it is that you want to become. Yeah, I I tell people all the time, your history does not determine what your future is going to be. I got I can't think of it. I got a snazzy little, I like little (laughs) things that rhyme, but I can't think of what it is. But, you know, essentially, do not look at what has happened to you to dictate what is available to you. I love that. Right. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had a lot of changes in your last year. So change is a natural part of life, obviously. Some people say if you're not changing, you're dying. Right. So how do you deal with change, even if that change is disruptive? I think most change is disruptive. Um, I think most change happens as a result of crisis. Mm -hmm. And so a few things that people have to learn is that, and a big thing for me that I constantly still have to remind myself is that often change feels like loss right and even when you're changing for the better say you were in a bad relationship and you leave them you're still sometimes going to miss them miss the fun you had miss the things you did miss and somebody to come home to even if it was somebody you came home with and argued like it was company so people have to understand that oftentimes change feels like loss and that that does not mean that you have to go back to what you were doing before. It's not a signal to go back. Right. It's just part of the process. Right. And also know that growth and distress can coexist together. Huh. And they oftentimes do. Sometimes people feel like, you know, if you're changing 
and something negative is occurring or I'm feeling any kind of uh, negative emotion or there's any stress or the process is just not smooth, that there's something wrong with it. And um, I like this analogy that a coach used on me once when I was crying. I was like, (laughs) you know, um, when I was transitioning out of doing hair full time, it was a lot. I had 30 years of that. Right. And... There were there was a lot that I didn't I didn't anticipate like what it would feel like to lose a whole village. I had right. a huge amount of clients. I yeah. saw them every day. We laughed, we cried, we yeah. did you know, yes. we talked through they things, we strategized. They yeah. were my tribe. And when I left all of that, yeah. I l- lost my tribe. Yes. And I never anticipated that or thought about it. And I was like really going through and I told her, I said, I feel so ucky. Yeah. And she said, That's perfect. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Right. And she said, when the caterpillar is in the cocoon Mm -hmm. and it liquefies it's yucky like that's part of the process the turning into the the mush the yuckiness of it but when you come back together right you the metamorphosis is into the butterfly right and so you know i often tell people like you have to like rejoice in the yucky parts of it (laughs) like it's really really that's the breakdown is where the the, the, the breakdown may be the breakthrough. Yeah, that generally you got to break down the breakthrough yep. and and build what you know newer, stronger, faster, doper model yes. of yourself. Extra flavor, extra flavor. You know, it, <laughs> you know, you just went from vanilla to vanilla with rainbow sprinkles. Sprinkles, my favorite. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I love it's that. It's very important. Um, there's something else I wanted to say about change. I have to find out. I told you I keep notes. Um, no, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm actually so. learning so much, Charmaine. I'm writing a lot oh, of notes myself. Oh, I appreciate myself. it. Well, while uh, you're looking I know what for, I want yes. to say. I got it. Yes. Um, you have to be brave and scared at the same time. Um, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is really acting in the face of fear. I love that. So be scared. But don't let it stop you and even if it stops you for a little while yeah i know most of the things that i want to do that are like mind-blowing to me i go through a period where i i stop myself and it looks like procrastination or it looks like busyness so i'll be busy but not fruitful Uh. and you know get to know yourself a lot of what i want people is to have an awareness around themselves and how they function and what they do yes so Look at who you are. Realize who you are when you're scared, yeah. and you're and you're and you're trying to find ways to not be look like you're scared or let the world know that you're scared. Mine looks like busyness. Yes, so much, yeah. so much to do all of a sudden, <laughs> right? Yeah, and no so, time for anything. Oh, no time for anything, especially not the things that the dreams I've I've built for myself. Yes, and is that a form of self sabotage? Then it 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 can be a self a form of self sabotage, and sometimes it's just it's us being trying to keep ourselves safe Uh, like our natural proclivity is really to try to keep ourselves out of harm's way and if we think the big thing might bring some kind of harm we try to protect ourselves you know but we have to we have to push through it and i say often pick up your bed and walk Mm. you know um in the bible he had all the excuses for why he couldn't get to the 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 lake called beautiful because Everything would change. Right. I'm this, I'm that. And 
they said, pick up your bed and walk. The disciples like you got to when you feel like you're paralyzed, when I feel like I'm paralyzed and I'm doing things and I'm talking negative to myself, I have to really like you have to have a talk with yourself sometime. It doesn't matter what other people say to you. Like you have to really have a talk with yourself and then don't leave all your mess laying around. Like (laughs) pick the bed up, right? Clean it up (laughs) and then then move on. Right. And so self, that's why I talk about mindsets and conversations because where the mind goes, the behind follows. And so be clear on what what your mindsets are and where you're coming from in certain moments and then have the talk with yourself and then you have to like stop yourself. Yeah. Sometimes there's dips that we have of and course. sometimes there's dead ends that we create for of ourselves. Course. And we have to be real clear on which one it is yes. and then take action, which yes. is another place where coaches come in. Right. When you can't help yourself or figure it out, then we help you figure it out. So is that the process of bouncing back boldly that you describe on your website? What is that process about? Well, I had a a program bouncing back boldly Mm -hmm. that I'm bringing back. And, you know, that was, again, it was all about mindsets Mm -hmm. and um, post-traumatic growth. Yes. Which, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on. Yes. But it was about breaking through your BS. Mm. And for me, BS means your belief system. Ah, okay. I thought it was something else. I bet you did. <laughs> but I like that. BS is yeah, belief system. Because that's, that's, that's the real the ba- Yeah, that's yeah. our real BS that yeah. most of us have is our like belief that. system. Yeah. So again, just trying to help people not get stuck in their stories because you have to use your thoughts to create your thoughts. And so when you regard how you regard yourself is going to determine how you approach the world and also how the world reacts to you. There's a way that I walk through this world, and I'm sure that you do, and at different periods, based on what I'm thinking about myself, it informs people on how to treat me. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Certain things just won't occur around me when I'm in a different headspace. Yes. And I won't allow certain things to occur if they try it. You you don't know you're blocking that. Right. Yeah. If if you don't really take the time to think about things. So... The Bounce Back Boldly program and the philosophy as I see it is about providing a litmus test to determine where clients' thoughts are leading them and then really to support them into steering themselves in the right directions that they want to go. Yes. So I look at things like, are your thoughts empowering or disempowering? Are you looking for what you ha- at what you have or what you don't have? Mm. Who you are or who you aren't? Um, What you deserve or what you don't deserve. When we're feeling defeated, we often focus on what we don't have. When we're feeling empowered, we focus on what we do have and what what is available. So I I have people look at, are their thoughts facts or are they beliefs? Mm. Because a lot of times we have beliefs that we're interacting with as though they're facts. Right. Right. I wake up every little fiction. Oh, so much fiction. (laughs) Hans Christian Andersen, Mother Goose. Like most of us can write. The Ugly Duckling, Cinderella. It goes on. It goes on and on and on, even in the face of sometimes evidence that we're refuted. Right. Right. So I look at if your thinking is based in scarcity Mm -hmm. or based in abundance, Mm -hmm. which is rooted in I'm enough or I'm not enough. enough. Right. 
Do you have a fixed mindset or do you have a growth mindset? Fixed mindsets, feeling that it is what it is. You are who you are. The qualities about you, your abilities, none of that can change. Or do you have a growth mindset that, you know, with some practice and some learning and input and support or whatever, things can be different, right? Yes. Um, Are you coming from judger or are you coming from a learner? perspective mm-hmm. right are you yeah. judging yourself and others are you looking to learn more about yourself others and what's possible and victim versus responsible is another right. are you coming oh. from a place of victim or are you willing to take responsibility for everything that's occurring with you right whether you like it or not i think that's a tough one <coughs> because sometimes when bad and quote things happen and they may ultimately be for your highest good but sometimes when again bad things happen it's hard to accept or and acknowledge that you may have co-created it and you may have brought it into your life i think that's a really difficult one willfully yeah that's a tough one right that's a tough one i think all of them at some point are difficult like I think it's difficult for us to believe that we can think in in ways that are so detrimental to us. And when there's an unwillingness to look at what is the truth about who we are and what we're doing, then we can't recover from it. And all of us live in all of these places all the time. There's nobody running around here that's thinking in, in an empowered way about every domain of their life every day all the time it just doesn't occur that's not the human condition period right and if we have an unwillingness to examine that or find our patterns then we lose the ability to take full responsibility Mm -hmm. for our lives and what we're creating yeah that was deep i need a drink Uh. that's water but it's still (laughs) you've just listened to part one of forever fab podcast please stay tuned for part two coming up next